Carolina podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, you want to do a final pre-camp for Real or Fugazi's with me? I do, and I want to point out I'll be on during training camp with Mark Vandermeer and John Harris every morning at uh, 8.45. Okay, so you're like the pre- you're like the pre-game show to all the practices every day. Every practice- day. Practices start at 9 o'clock uh, on most of these, about 95% of the practices. And, and it's an hour later than last year, and I thank D'Amico for letting us sleep an extra hour. Oh, sleep Doesn't extra- affect doesn't affect you, of course. You have to get up so early. Yeah, but, uh, lets us an extra hour is important to me. To me, that's an extra hour in the Texas heat. Instead of being done at you know ten thirty, we're done at eleven thirty. Heat doesn't bother me. I've spent my whole life in it. Well, and you're much. There's less of you to love now, John. There's less of you to sweat now. <laughs> Hopefully, so you, after sweating like crazy, there'll be even less. That's at right. The, the training camp. That's right. That's right. Soda weight loss, sweat of the art, is what we call that out there. All right. Um, some for real or fugazi, and actually none of these are Texans related, John. But this is just a way to mix in some of the other things that we uh, that we're talking about or that are newsworthy around the league. We ready to go? Ready. All right. For real or fugazi, here's what I do. I've got a bunch of sentences in front of me. I read them as if they are fact. John will react to them. He will either agree with me that that is true, and he will say that is for real, or if what I said to him does not register at all and he thinks it's false, he will say fugazi. Fugazi. That is Italian for counterfeit. You Sopranos fans. You already know. All right, John, the NFL Top 100 begins on Monday night, the unveiling. The first 10 players in the NFL's Top 100 picked by the players around the league are unveiled on Monday. When we get to number one in about 10 days, Patrick Mahomes will be the number one player in the NFL Top 100. For real or Fugazi? For real. My goodness, there's going to be nobody else. I, I Once I learned only about a few hundred vote on that thing every year, and they trumpeted up so much on the NFL Network. I kind of lost interest, but we know who the number one player will be. The key is who's going to be number two. Yes. I'm I'm guessing Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, but I'm thinking it's going to be a quarterback. Would it be Burrow? I, would you take Burrow or, or, or Josh Allen? I'd take Burrow. I'd take Burrow. Yep, I would definitely take Burrow. I, I, I think Burrow should be ahead of Josh Allen. Um, I think Justin Jefferson absolutely should be up there. Who's the who's the defensive player, John, that you think? You know, we were so used to for years and years, J.J. Watt being, you know, maybe not – no, he was number one one year. I can't remember which year it was. He was number one overall in the top 100 one year. Um, it really does change hands quite a bit. There's very few times where it's been a repeat guy ever. Um, who's the defensive guy that comes to mind for you when you're – if you had to put a list like this together of the top 100 players, who would you – who would you put at the top on the defensive side of the ball? One of a uh, guy that Domenico Ryan's played a big role in helping improve, and that's defensive end Nick Boza from the uh, 49ers. I yep. think he'll be the top-rated defensive player. You know, the top-rated Texans got to be Laramie Tunsil. He's not going to make the top 10. I'm guessing that Laramie be somewhere in the, between in the in the 20 range. Yeah, I was going to say somewhere around. I was going to say 30, just because sometimes – You might be right, all I, the skill position. He, well, all the skill guys, and he still plays for a team that's one of the worst teams in the league. You know, These aren't – to your point, John, these several hundred players sitting down filling out their ballot aren't looking at pro football focus and the analytics <laughs> and things like that. You Great know, point. It's front of mind. you got to think of who the voting constituency is. But he, 
he will be in there. He'll be the only Texan in the top 100, right? Do you think Damian Pierce cracks a top 100 list? I don't think so. Probably missing four games uh, last year. Uh, I don't think so. He almost missed all of five. I got a for real or for Gazy for you. Okay, go ahead. Do you think Derek – okay. Derek Stingley Jr. spends a lot of time angry because Sauce Gardner is getting all the attention that he thinks he should have got if he had stayed healthy as a rookie. Really do I think that Stingley feels that way all the time? I'm saying he does feel that way. Is that uh, for uh, real or for Gazy? I'm going to say, I hope, God, for real. I hope for real, John. I mean, if he's if it's not for real, then what are we doing? Uh, I'm going to say for real. I think I uh, you wouldn't know it to, to kind of watch Stingley and the way he carries himself. He's very quiet. Um, but I, I'm going to say for real. Do you agree? I would I would say for real he should be. Now yeah. he would never admit that, but all this attention and honors and the publicity that Sauce Gardner gets, even though he was drafted one spot behind Stingley, Stingley may not be saying, "Man, I got it. I, that should have been me." But it's got to be a little motivation for him to see that he could. He'll never get the same attention with the Texans as he would have with the Jets, but there's no reason he can't be as good a player or better than Sauce Gardner. Well, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. You, you This NFL Top 100, you want to you want a hot take or a prediction? I'll, let me do this one, John. For real or for Gazy, again, for you. We're spending way more time on the Top 100 than I thought we would, but this is fun. For real or for Gazy, Sauce Gardner will be a Top 10 player in the NFL's Top 100. Fugazi, he'll probably be in the Top 20. Okay, yeah. I, I, I He could sneak in there, John. New York... Upstart team. He was all pro. I mean, he was a first team all pro, and he's got that nickname. You know, the guys like the nickname Sauce, John. And that he's matters. gaudy, gaudy with the jewelry. Hangs out with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, went to Nick's game with him. He he's just saying. gave Rodgers a necklace. Got all kind of attention for it. So he might just sneak in because the players are voting. But I think he's definitely top twenty. Top twenty for sure. I, I mean, I would, I would, I would bet my savings on top twenty. Um, all right, next one, John. At least one of Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs will miss games this season in a holdout. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. Those guys are not going to fork over money out of their only $10.1 million that they're making. They can talk all they want now, but those guys are not going to pull Le'Veon Bell because their agents, if not them, are smart enough to see what happened to Bell. So you get in there, you play as well as you can, and hope that you're not franchised again, even though it might be inevitable. John, what did you think of the Zoom call that about a dozen running backs had on uh, on Saturday to discuss their plight? It just fe- plight, honestly, yeah. it feels it, it felt to me like I'm like I'm picturing like metaphorically just a circle of guys, like a, like a circle of guys just sitting there complaining, you know, like just the what. Because like what what solutions are you going to come up with when this whole thing's been collectively bargained? Other yeah. than other than saying, hey, we all need to get everybody to sit out. Like every running Florio was just, Florio was putting that out there. The only way they're going to get anything done is to have all the running backs sit out when OTAs roll around next year. <laughs> Good luck with that. I've had people ask me on other shows, will the NFL do anything? I said, why the hell would the NFL do anything, John? I, I've never seen anything like like I've never seen sports fans so worked up for the silliest cause than running backs are underpaid. There's people who are like legitimately angry and feel like these guys are wronged. And I'm like, this, this is the, this is one of the dumbest Hills I've ever seen people die on in my whole life. 
I heard in on NFL radio, Charlie Weiss, who's on there in the mornings, going on and on about the injustice of it all. I'm thinking okay. if you were in the front office and you were doing a contract, you wouldn't feel that way because players should blame their union. That That's the part of the collective bargain agreement, as you mentioned, but also colleges are putting out so many running backs and analytics show that you can win without spending a fortune on running back. Okay. Charlie Weiss was one of these people who was standing on the table for running backs. <laughs> he was, John. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah. Okay, good. I feel better that I, I think told it's the dumbest agent, thing I've ever seen. I told his agent, Bob Lamont, when he was hired by Notre Dame, he's going to bomb out. And Bob said, oh, Bo, no, no, he'll be great. And I said, do you want to bet? He wouldn't bet. And as you well know, being a fighting Irish – uh, he he bombed out. Yeah, did he ever? All right, um, next one, John. Uh, the Johnny Manziel documentary comes out on August the eighth on Netflix. Um, part of the Untold series on there. This looks like a good a good four pack of episodes. They've got one of them is a seventy minute Johnny Manziel documentary for real or fugazi, John. We will come away from the Manziel documentary feeling more favorably about Johnny Manziel. Oh, gosh, I'll say for real because time has passed from all his partying and not working and and people want to see what he's doing now. Hard to feel I'm, less favorably about Johnny yeah, Manziel, too. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to go ahead and subscribe to Netflix because I've, I've there's a million things I want to see on TV before getting Netflix, but uh, their special, especially on sports, are so good. And I like Manziel. I, I've always – thought if he'd have had um, better direction, and I'm not talking about his coaches, somebody outside of football to help to to grab him and shake him and saying less partying and more football when he got to the Browns because he didn't do squat to work with the Browns, one of the all-time worst draft choices. But I liked him when I spent time with him in San Diego, writing about him before that draft, and I loved watching him play. He'll go down as one of the all-time biggest disappointments because we all were mesmerized by him when he would take a snap. John, you you mentioned that that piece you did on him. You you were the one who he said to you that he was going to turn that Frito into a Dorito or whatever it was when it, about the chip on his shoulder. Yeah, um, he said I'm going to turn that chip that that chip on my shoulder from a Frito to a Dorito to a Dorito. Yeah, I mean, which is a phenomenal quote. <laughs> it really is. Uh, too bad he didn't live up to it, but I. I guess just as someone who covered him, you know, that you did that story on him. You flew to San Diego, uh, watched him work out with George Whitfield, his private quarterbacks coach. Uh, your sense in the whole Manziel saga leading up to the draft, like what what did you think was going to happen with him on draft night, like leading up to it from what you had seen personally and from maybe what you had heard behind the scenes? Like was Cleveland the only team that was going to take him? Was he ready for a big fall? Did you think at any point when you were out there in San Diego covering him, did you think at any point, man, this, this kid looks like he's ready to be drafted really high in the NFL draft? Uh, he worked his tail off out there. He said all the right things. Mike Evans was there working with George Whitfield. He had James Lofton, the Hall of Fame receiver and broadcaster, uh, working with Evans. It was so much fun watching him. Guy going over the on the computer with Johnny Football, uh, had him talking, showing, talking about coverages and everything in the NFL was Kevin O'Connell, mm -hmm. who's now the head coach of the Vikings. So it was all set up for him, but he just didn't work hard enough when he got to the Browns. And he knows it now, I'm sure. He's still widely popular. He still does oh, yeah. autograph sessions and he makes appearances 
around the country. And I doubt seriously he's hurting for money. And I can't wait to see this show. I thought the Cowboys were going to draft him. Remember, Jerry Jones wanted to draft him. Stephen Jones talked him out of it. It would have been a match made in heaven. And Johnny Menzel talked about that, about the possibility of him and Jerry Jones with his favorite team growing up, the Cowboys. It would have been a match made in football heaven. I'm thinking, yeah, right. (laughs) Would have been a match made in partying heaven for sure. Um, you know, you, you know who they took instead of Manziel, John? Who was it? I forgot. Zach Martin. Oh yeah, Zach Martin. Who's oh yeah, a pretty good Hall player. <laughs> he's now he's mad because he's not making enough money. But boy, did that work out well. It did. It did. Yeah, that was uh, a good thing. Stephen Jones took the wheel. Pops, let me drive for a, for a minute or two. You can come back for round four. How's that? Um. All right. So uh, Manziel doc coming out August eighth. All right. Let's do a couple more for real or fugazis, and we'll get out of here, John. Um, let's do an Astro one. Trade deadline, John, coming up in a little over a week. The list of Astro untouchables is Jordan Alvarez, Framber Valdez, and Kyle Tucker, and that's it. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. I don't think they'd trade Bregman or Altuve. I don't think anybody would make them a big, an off, a big offer for them. I think they'll have to get rid of prospects. And what I'm wondering, Sean, will Chaz McCormick, Jake Myers and Corey Jolts all still be on the team after the trade deadline, or one will be included in a trade. And also, I keep hearing, reading, that uh, teams are interested in J.P. France and Brandon Belak as part of a trade for a starting pitcher or a reliever. Where would they be without France and Belak right now, considering how mediocre Christian Javier, Hunter Brown had been, and even Fromber Valdez, struggled before the All-Star break, and he's had some downs along with the ups after the All-Star break. So those three pitchers are not pitching the way they did, and yet they go into the Rangers series three games out of first place. John, they're three games in front of the Red Sox and Yankees right now who who are the first two teams out of the playoffs. The Astros are, I think, a game up on Toronto. The Astros would be the five seed if the season ended, as you and I are recording this right now. They'd be the five. Toronto would be the six, a game back of the Astros, and then two games back of Toronto are Boston and the Yankees. I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that Belak and France are the difference between the Astros being in the playoffs and out of the playoffs right now. At, That's at a all. great point. Great yeah. point, John. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, last one. John McClain is going to see the Barbie movie, for real or Fugazi? Fugazi. I went to see uh, Oppenheimer, and I would highly recommend it to anybody. It is great. Is it great? You know, okay. It is great. Okay. It will dominate the Academy Awards for everything from acting to directing to sound to editing. Okay. It's just tremendous. And there's a lot of stuff in there I didn't understand when they're talking about nuclear fission and everything, but it didn't did matter. not dampen it at all. And we went to a 9.45 a.m. flight. I mean, movie. Movie, And yeah. it was packed. over at Silver and I-10. And then we came by there after dinner last night and the parking lot was still packed for Barbie and Oppenheimer. People are going to see those movies like crazy. I think people are liking getting back out to the movies, John. I really do. I think. Did you notice that? I'm sorry. That's okay. the The director got mad at Warner brothers who he had worked with all those years, Christopher Nolan. And they, the last time they put his movies out, at the same time they were online on HBO Max, 
He thought it hurt him and he never did it again. And now this is like old fashioned releases. It's great. Movies and I, and, and Oppenheimer was filmed in IMAX. And if you can go to IMAX, it's even better mm. because of the sound. And it's not just when they detonate the bomb, when it's tested, it's uh, he has these visions of it. So you have the sounds of a bomb exploding and rumbling, mm. yeah, but I just can't, recommended highly enough. There were a lot of young people. And I say young, I'm talking about twenties and thirty somethings. Yeah. I wondered if they would care about this movie. Obviously they did. Yeah. I um it's three hours long, John. Are you somebody who normally is able to sit through a three hour movie? Absolutely. And it's if if it'd been four hours, I would have sat through it. Okay. If it's a good movie, just like a good baseball game. If it's a good baseball game, I don't care if it's four hours. Yeah. And if it's a good movie, but what you don't want to see is a bad baseball game with bad pitching. And that's why they're in so many extra innings. But yes, Oppenheimer, I would say go to the bathroom right before you go mm. in the theater because you don't want to miss any of it. Wow. It's that good throughout, huh, John? It's an edge of your seat kind of thing. You and Amy will love it, even though you know what's going to happen. <laughs> There's so many actors. <laughs> So many actors in there yeah. who small parts just because they wanted to be in such a profound film. Yeah, we've become IPIC snobs, John, Amy and I. We've only gone to IPIC to see movies because you get the little fleece blankets and the booths are kind of private and the, the menu is great and they've got specials on wine and things like that. Yeah, when you've been married as long as Carol and I have, you know being private and having a blanket to share, no big deal. I'm not saying there's <laughs> chicanery going on under the blanket. We're in separate come on, chairs. Come on, you know. No, no, come on now. I think Amy's parents listen to this podcast, John, all right? Um, their daughter is pure as the driven snow, okay? Um, but I but I like the iPick, and that's the only thing is with the iPick, you got people, people buy tickets to some of these movies at the iPick like they're buying tickets to concerts. You know, they do it like three weeks out you know you go look at oppenheimer you know i think i want to go on august the third nope you can go 10 30 a.m or 10 30 p.m that's it kid those are the only times you can go so it's i it's an event yeah i know i can't do, i could do the three hours in the morning three hours at 10 30 at night i can't do now i'm not i mean i can't do it on a weeknight obviously because i got to get up but even on a friday or saturday it can be a great movie if i'm in a movie theater and i've been drinking wine and it's midnight i'll start to doze off a little bit so that's why we always go early.